We are taking another ride through the nostalgia trip here for day 16 of National Podcast Post Month 2023, a.k.a. Napod Pomo. Hello, geeks and geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio, coming at you with another installment in our Geekville Radio anthology for National Podcast Post Month. And like I said, another ride down the nostalgia trip. We are stopping in the year 1984 for a look at the Transformers, a craze that they started in the 80s. Myself, Uncle Greg, and Jarrett Aubrey sat down circa 2013 to talk about all things Transformers. So if we make some dated references, you'll know why, because this recording is about 10 years old. This was shortly after, I believe, the third of the Transformers live-action, a.k.a. Bayformers, movies had been released. I think it was shortly before the fourth one had come out. But since it's mainly about nostalgia, it's mainly about the life with Transformers from the 80s through the 90s, obviously not much has changed at that because it's all in the past. If you want to take a ride down this nostalgia trip, then it's time to roll out with all things Transformers and the Geekville Radio nostalgia trip. We're traveling back to the 80s again This for this episode. Anybody, I think, approximately at or over the age of 30 remembers the the original incarnation of the American Transformers, which was, well, I shouldn't say American because it was still a cult from a Japanese uh, cartoon show, but it it was really ambitious for its time because it was a combination toy line, cartoon series, and comic book all unleashed at once, which I don't think had ever been done before. I mean, He-Man, of course, had the cartoons and the toys, but uh, actually, I think with He-Man, the toys might have come first. Yeah, because there were, if I'm not mistaken, there were uh, different regulations that um, shows based on toys couldn't be uh, made, uh, which is why G.I. Joe advertised their comic books on TV along with the toys before or especially before the cartoon came out but then eventually they kind of relaxed that and um then you had um the wonderful stuff that we all grew up with the transformers gi joe and thundercats and so forth yeah i believe it was the fall of 1984 was the premiere episodes that that mini series and i feel uh like i might be a, a bit in the minority or uh the some of the weird outcasts or whatnot, but I seem to remember GoBots a little bit before Transformers. Uh, well, you're not wrong. I, if I'm not mistaken, the GoBots came out first. They, they kind of beat, uh, Tonka kind of beat Hasbro to the punch a little bit coming to North America. Although, um, yeah, their quality wasn't quite the same as most fans will tell you, but, uh, the okay. GoBots were there first. I remember getting GoBot toys before I got Transformer mm-hmm. toys when I was all four or five years old. I remember getting uh, scooter before I got hot rod. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't have to tell you which one I like better. <laughs> Saying that the Goldbot toys were, were less in quality might be one of the bigger understatements I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why scooters arm fell off. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the, the funny mind blowing thing is that I'm always been a fan of voice actors and the voice of scooter. I don't know if you guys knew who voiced scooter for the Gobots animated series. Oh boy, I it's I know, and I just haven't thought about it in a long time. Greg, it'll probably blow your mind, Jared. I don't know so much about it if you know names, but Scooter was Frank Welker. 
Uh, you know what? That was going to be my guess because <laughs> I remember he had that sort of voice that Welker always yeah. did. Kind of, kind of Slimer-ish, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. He's, it was actually very similar to his Game Boy voice from Captain N. Yes. <laughs> well, isn't, isn't Frank Welker kind of the de facto answer? They're like, who voiced this? Like, yeah. <laughs> Frank Welker. Uh-huh. But yes, that means after Hasbro bought out Tonka, which I think happened around 1990, uh, they kind of retconned GoBots to be some sort of alternate reality. So that means in an alternate reality, Scooter is Megatron. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's just got some uh, angst buried back in his psyche that just comes out in an alternate reality. You know, just... Can you imagine Scooter standing one-on-one with Optimus Prime going, Why Wolf stand? <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be a quick fight, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know, Optimus would probably take pity on him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just to come on, little fella. <laughs> don't have to. But I guess it uh, it's kind of segues into what the, my first topic would be, which would be early memories. Uh, like I said, I, I remember seeing the GoBot cartoons, or not cartoons, or commercials. Uh, and then I remember seeing the much better produced Transformers cartoons, which had the full-blown animation to them. Because it was part of that that launch. Uh, first, I thought, oh well, they're just copying GoBots, but I, I guess if you do it better, I, it's, uh can't just simply be considered a copy. And then, of course, there was the cartoon that came on after school in, uh, in late 1984. So, uh, uh, Greg, I guess I'll start with you as far as our uh, uh, memory similar with for for you as far as that goes. Yeah, not too different. Uh, yeah, I was probably four or five years old, and um, Transformers were the new big thing, and um, I remember asking for them, and then um, I think it was Christmas of 1985. Uh, my older cousin and I got them, and um, it just uh, kind of snowballed from there. And, um, yeah, they were never the, um, for me, never the toy line that I had the most of, but I had a pretty strong collection of them. And as I got older, I realized that, hey, these were probably the coolest ones. And now I have a uh, pretty sizable collection of the old things, and um, I've Got all the old, car- well, the old, the original G1 series in its entirety on DVD, which I still enjoy occasionally to this day. And um, I've watched a few episodes with my son, who's about the same age that I was when I was getting into them as well, which is uh, kind of neat to do. And uh, bought him some of the new toys. And um, as far as playability, they're probably a lot better than the ones I grew up with. But um, that's just as well, because that means he won't be raiding my closet for the old ones. All right. All right, Jared, I think. You and I are about the same age, so uh, how how similar were your memories up there in uh, Canada? Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Like when we when we first got Transformers on the air here, I believe they were airing at noon. So when that that bell went off in school, I mean I was probably four blocks from school, so I jumped on my bike and I hauled ass as hard as I could to get home <laughs> and, and watch you know, grab a sandwich from Molly. She had it ready when I got in the door, and I ran out from the TV. Wow! I just said Transformers. You know, gobble up my lunch and, you know, back to school kind of thing. But I remember um, just this really how cool these things were. Like there there was GoBots, which I mean, th- this episode is becoming, you know, you've got too many GoBots in my Transformers. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they should never, ever be mentioned in the same sentence. But, uh, you know, yeah, like these things were like, holy crap, these things and they changed form. And some of them were triple changers and some of them combined into bigger robots. And it just blew my mind and i remember going to the store uh you know in the mall one day and you know there was a, a box up on the end cap of the, of the toy store and it was Optimus prime was there mm-hmm. oh my god mom i have this it's probably gonna have this Optimus prime it's like maybe that would be a good christmas present dear no no i have to have it now it's Optimus prime i have to have it now <laughs> it's a good christmas present dear 
<laughs> to try to reinforce it that it might be coming at Christmas. And I, I threw one of the biggest tantrums I've ever thrown because I wanted Optimus and Damn and I wanted them now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, I, they're super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. And I guess one of the other cool things about it and why I never really got into that futuristic third season that kind of kicked off with the movie in 86 was everything went futuristic. Part of the appeal to me of those original Transformers lines was that they changed into cars that you would see every day. Well, minus guys like Jazz and Mirage who were race cars, but, you know, they changed into uh, Earth vehicles. Exactly. And, of course, the original premise was that uh, the Autobots were vehicles and the Decepticons were uh, war machines, essentially. Uh, that, that was part of the but of course that that changed about the, the time the second wave hit when they started having Warpath, who was an Autobot tank, and you know stuff. Wham! Pow! Yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, uh, I guess that would lead us to then uh, who who was the first Transformer you had? Mine was one of the Minibots, and he didn't really make much of an appearance in the cartoons much, but he was I believe he changed into a uh, late '70s Corvette, and his name was Windcharger. And I remember his only appearance in the Transformers, the movie, was his dead body, which depressed the hell out of me. <laughs> so, uh, Jared, I guess I'll ask you then, what was, what was your first Transformer? My first Transformer was Ratchet. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was confused because the toy didn't have a head. Right. He just kind of ended at the windshield where his chest would normally be. Yeah. Like, uh, Mom, this toy's broken. It's like, no, it's not. That's <laughs> the way it is. And I, I was confounded for weeks until I figured it out, but. Especially with the cartoon, because the cartoon had a head. Yeah. Well, Great right. character, terrible toy. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Ironhide. Yeah. And they were clones of each other. Yeah, that was... Yeah, he was missing his whole upper torso, for crying out loud. And I, just, I just couldn't bring that out for the life of me. Yeah. And they've since gone back and made um, actual additions you can clip onto the old the vintage toys to give them heads that actually transform yeah. along with them, which is really cool, but I have yet to pick them up. I just... I go to a few toy conventions a year, but I... Apparently don't go to the right ones to get transformer specific goodies like that. Kind of like the sound wave that they, it has a little energon cube strapped onto him. So it looks like there's an energon cube coming out of his chest. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Greg, what was your first transformer? Uh, my first transformer would have been that Christmas 1985. Actually, there were two of them. I don't remember which one I unwrapped first, but um, I got Insecticon Bombshell and uh, Astro Train. Those were oh. the first two I got. And my cousin, my cousin who's three years older than me got Grimlock and um I think I I mean I kind of got hosed but <laughs> in retrospect but uh I wasn't complaining and um uh, uh he ended up when he lost interest in it a couple years later I ended up getting it anyway so <laughs> it was uh really not a problem uh and then yeah the next year was when the movie came out and I got Hot Rod and a few of the other movie characters and um yeah we and I got an Optimus Prime uh maybe a little after that and um yeah from there it just kept snowballing and i would pick them up here and there yeah i actually have the to this day i have the alternators version of grimlock what who does not change into a t-rex he changes actually into a uh, late model ford mustang i'm not quite sure how grimlock equates into ford mustang but it looks you know. you're gonna say no to him <laughs> right <laughs> you know it's like Hmm, Grimlock, no dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, and then Grimlock was one of the few guys that like survived all the seasons and all the toy lines. I think he even made it into the uh, the, the post-movie seasons, right? That he did, yeah. He Although I don't think he ever transformed into a robot again after the movie. Right. 
<laughs> they just stuck him in him in the Dinobots in Dino mode, and they kind of instead of being these um, dangerous big bruisers with short tempers, they were kind of the cuddly giants. Yeah. And uh, they even made it into the Japanese Headmasters cartoon, which is another mixed bag. I actually I take exception with quite a few things that happened in that series, but it did have its moments. Oh. And um, yeah, that may be a rant for a few moments later here in this show. Yeah, well, I do remember that there was they were trying to produce a series that would transition. I think a mini series that would transition into the movie and the surviving footage is actually on the 20th anniversary and I'm sure subsequent versions later of uh-huh. the, the Transformers the movie DVD. Yeah, that's the Scramble City special. Yeah. Yeah, because Transformers the movie wasn't released in Japan until I think 1989 or 90. So um you know, they had they got their first two seasons of the show and then they had the third season and they're like, "Oh, they didn't get to see what happened to Optimus and Megatron and like oh, who are all these new guys coming in here?" And they kind of tried to bridge the gap a little bit with Scramble City and um it is a pretty cool special it introduces Ultra Magnus and uh Trypticon and Metroplex yeah. and um maybe some others I don't remember exactly but it's a it's a neat little special for what it is yeah and for those of you who haven't seen it it does indeed have Ultra Magnus in it but it's modern day it's not in the future mm-hmm. and it, it helps establish the friendship that Optimus Prime develops with Ultra Magnus even I mean they were both the same truck underneath Ultra Magnus just had a cool just had a more complex uh trailer attached to it but uh, and then, of course, yeah, they introduced uh, Trypticon and Fortress Maximus. Who and, and I always thought it was funny that in Transformers the movie, because by the time that came out, even in the the, the previous seasons, they'd already established uh, Bruticus and uh, I think the uh, Bruticus was was what the and then the, 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 the Metasaur was the Stundicons, I think, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And uh, they they had both of those guys, but then they they went back to Devastator for the movie. Yeah. yeah, because the mo- when the movie was in production, um, Manasaur and Bruticus hadn't been introduced yet, so Devastator still ended up being the heavy hitter for the movie because yeah. the other guys weren't quite ready. Yeah, because because they were producing the movie at the same time as the series, and the movie was just taking longer to produce because the animation was so much more in depth, if I recall correctly. Uh huh. All right, but let, we'll we'll transition into uh, the next fun subject, which would be uh, favorite Transformers, and ah. for me, uh, my favorite. Um, I, I think I'm going to give one of each because they are just the, the coolest for each team. And I'm probably stealing some some picks here. But I, I think my favorite Autobot would definitely have to be Jazz. And that's before I realized he had Hong Kong Pui's voice. Uh, <laughs> Got to no. love Scatman Crothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scatman Crothers was just a big part of my childhood. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's that guy. You know, I can go on about movies he's been in and how he's pretty much good in everything. Like um, whether you say... The Shining or uh, Black Belt Jones or, um, or the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. Or... <laughs> what? I mean, he was like 85 years old voicing jazz. I mean, yes, he was. It's amazing when you think about it. <laughs> uh, but, and then uh, I'd have to say my favorite Decepticon, and I, I don't think I'm uh, pulling anything original here. Yes, he's voiced by Frank Welker, but actually it's not Megatron. It would be Soundwave. Because, you know, you got to like the ability to be able to eject tapes, which I know anybody under 20 is not going to be able to relate to. But <laughs> he had video, he had uh, cassette tapes that would you know, also change into stuff. And that was just beyond cool. Yes, indeed. He had an, had an army in his chest, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, of course, that, there was that scene in Transformers, the movie, where Blaster and Soundwave have a little bit of a throwdown. And you see all the little mini guys just running back and forth, you know, shooting each other like something out of a Tom and Jerry cartoon. 
<laughs> so, Greg, your your favorite or and you can be plural with it. You don't have to eliminate it, limit it to just one. But your favorite Transformer. Hmm. Uh, well, animated series, I'd probably have to go with Grimlock. Um, although not so much in the comics. I mean, it's funny because with G1, you kind of have these different cuts, different, um, continuities with the comic and the cartoon. Yeah. It was the same thing as G.I. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Grimlock in the comics, I thought was kind of a jerk. He was uh, a bit of an iron fisted leader of the Autobots when he did take over. And, uh, but in the, comics or even in the cartoon he was more of a uh, yeah just uh he was an effective leader but also uh uh destructive and hot-tempered and slow-witted and uh pretty much invincible and i found always found him entertaining to watch he was like an angry grimace yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh laying waste to mcdonald land oh it's gonna happen we don't know what happened to them they don't show them anymore <laughs> my son doesn't even know who ronald mcdonald is he's Tells him the McDonald's clown. Yeah. Um, but aside from Grimmy, um, well, everybody loves Optimus Prime. That's almost the too easy of a choice. Um, on the Decepticon side, um, I'm kind of partial to Shockwave. Um, he was one. He didn't didn't really get a whole heck of a lot to do in the cartoons. Um, in the comics, he was pretty much a hardcore badass and. Um, I think probably the best cover that the Marvel Transformers comic ever had was, um, I want to say which, yeah, issue number, yeah, was that was that the issue where um, it was him when he wrote "Are All Dead" on the oh, wall? No, that yeah, that was that was issue five, yeah, issue five. Okay. I, issue six was the one where it's Megatron and Shockwave, and Shockwave uh-huh. is blowing Megatron's fusion cannon off of his shoulder. Uh huh. So then I think I was also the the issue that brought a circuit breaker, which. I don't know if we want to get into that, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. And, you know, for this momentous occasion, I have actually put the batteries back into my vintage shockwave toy and I believe I got them to work. We'll see if we can hear him right now. He's loud. You know, I I could wake up all the neighbors with him if I brought him out at night. I mean, I might have woken him up now. I did have uh, an electric gun that sounded similar, but it didn't change in anything. It just looked like your traditional 70s, 80s space gun. (laughs) Yeah, there were actually two versions of the Shockwave toy that most people are familiar with. You had the purple one, which was the actual Transformer, and you had the gray one that was sold at Radio Shack, which is often known as Shockwave by the fans. <laughs> and um, I think they were more or less the same, although the trigger was shaped different on Shockwave. It was um, actually a little more suggestive mm-hmm. because of where it's placed on his body and um, how you kind of have to pull it to get him to do anything. Well, look, look at where the trigger was on Megatron when he was in Robo- Robot. It's same, it's the same deal. Same deal. <laughs> yeah, Galvatron didn't really have that, although his button is on his crotch too, as well. Actually, if I push the button, I loaded up, I loaded up Galvy with. Uh, I came prepared for this show. I bought <laughs> audio aids, and I, I, I put, I put a nine volt in Galvatron here, um, and uh, he has three settings, if you can believe it or not. Hey, that was pretty sweet for 1986. <laughs> I don't know how well that came through. Yeah, yeah, it could, it could hear all of it. Yeah, it's just too bad none of them sounded like that actual modified fusion cannon sound like he had in the. Yeah, well, he couldn't keep his voice straight in the show anyway. So yeah. I mean, in the, in the went from Leonard Nimoy to um, you know, a Frank Welker, Frank Welker. Yeah, when he got brain damaged after Unicron blew up, I guess. Yeah, and one one other thing about Shockwave, and then I'll I'll uh, pass it off to to Jared, but that voice actor was Corey Burton. And uh, two things that he's done that are just 
found he's one of those very versatile uh uh what would be the word a prolific voice uh-huh. actors uh he was brainiac in the animated superman cartoons in the 90s and through justice uh-huh. league and in the clone wars he actually voices dooku and of course just yes. does a christopher lee impression which is uh-huh. an excellent christopher lee impression <laughs> yeah and it's funny i heard that when he voiced shockwave he was actually doing an impression of david warner another british actor which was um kind of neat and when you and i'd never thought of it but then you know i actually watched a david warner movie over the weekend called waxwork and um sure enough that's pretty much the same voice that burton was doing with um shockwave yeah. and uh, and then he even repre- reprised the role on transformers animated in 2007 i believe which was a uh, i mean that's might be my favorite transformers um series as far as cartoons go i thought transformers animated was fantastic was that that wasn't the prime one was it that was the one that was before that they had weird al as wreck guard or right yeah it had weird al as wreck guard had um judd nelson back as hot rod it had um yeah cory burton back as shockwave um you had a guy by the name of david k who was megatron on beast wars he was uh optimus prime and uh yeah frank walker frank walker was he on that series i cannot remember um oh boy I uh, might have to use the Google on that one, but uh, I, w- I don't want to hold you up too much. Yeah, yeah, you, you can do that, and then uh, you can Google if you need, and I'll, uh, Jared, your favorite Transformer or Transformers. Yeah, it'll, it'll be plural. Uh, <laughs> there, There's three Autobots that I have to rank right up there, one obviously being Optimus Prime, um, you know, just one of the biggest, baddest, if he wanted to be, and just everything that he was was pretty awesome. Um, I also really liked Omega Supreme. Mm-hmm. Just for being giant and being a giant ass kicker was was yeah. awesome. Oh, I tried to put the batteries back in my Omega Supreme toy as well, and <laughs> it worked. And he can he can kind of shuffle along on, but the one foot the gear in his one foot is broken, and I haven't been able to find a replacement part for it. I believe I'll have to take apart another tank and um, <laughs> cannibalize it. But um, uh, his head lights up and it turns around, and he kind of tries to shuffle around, but he doesn't really make any noise. So you'll just have to take my word for it. But he's here and he's pretty sweet. He's bigger than Galvatron. Yeah, in my Wave uh, collecting days, Wave is in the old sound format that MP3 pretty much replaced. Uh-huh. Uh, I used to collect those for sound clips from my computer to you know to do uh, whatnot. And uh, one of my error ones was Omega Supreme, just saying sarcasm not appreciated. I have that on my PC somewhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, like my <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Is, that is damn scary right there. <laughs> Yeah, we well, probably got it from the same fan site. <laughs> probably. <laughs> that was going to be my next comment about how I liked how we talked. <laughs> yeah. This is his um, staggered kind of staccato one-liners. Pretty awesome. Um, and the other Autobot that I really liked was Metroplex. Oh, yeah. Metroplex is my kind of town. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of gravitate toward the big guys, I guess. I'm not sure why, but cause just cause he was so massive and he squashed anything he wanted to. And, I was pretty keen. Yeah, I should give an honorable mention to Devastator on that note for favorite Decepticon. I always loved him. Yeah. Yeah, Omega was pretty awesome. Metroplex was pretty awesome. Yeah, if I if I had to go to Decepticons, uh, Starscream was always one of my favorites. And uh, probably, oh, how can I forget Predaking? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, boy, that sucker's worth a lot of money. I don't even own one of those. They're expensive. I finally got one last year. I got oh, a, yeah? a local uh, local con here that happens every fall. Because I yeah. replace his, uh, he came with two right hands. I have to get off and for him. He might be able to swap with somebody. Yeah. 
And, and then I remember in the comic series, uh, I think it was like Starscream. Like, I, I don't know if he made or just somehow controlled the Predacons and had them, sicked them on Megatron. Uh, I believe that was the Combaticons. Oh, okay. They were, yeah, Starscream's brigade. He um, stole the personality. I don't know. They didn't call them Sparks yet. Basically, he stole the personalities from incarcerated Decepticon criminals and put them into World War II military hardware and turned them into the Combaticons. Although one of them was a space shuttle. Um, <laughs> pretty pretty advanced for 1941, I got to say. Yeah, and a combat space shuttle at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That happened in the comics, though, right? Is the Predacons went after Megatron? Yeah, I, I shouldn't remember it being, so, being a comic thing, but I don't think I... I'm not sure I still have all my Transformers comics. I'd have to I'd have to dig. I've got them on my computer here somewhere. But now, of course, Transformers lay dormant for a while after the third season. It just kind of kind of fizzled out, and then there, there started to be other things with like Generation Two and whatnot. Actually, I think the first Generation Two they were just recycled G1 toys, if I recall correctly. Yep, they were recolored and had some new weapons added, and then even the cartoon was pretty much the. G1 cartoon with um, new bumpers added. Yeah. They added CG. There was a CGI opening with uh, Optimus stepping on Starscream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but uh, I, we were, I was hungry for Transformers again by that point, so I took what we could get. Yeah. And I think that was the one of the differences in the toy line was that was when we had the infamous Tank Megatron, right? Yeah, which, yeah, Tank Megatron is actually a really cool toy. Um, he's right now. <laughs> yeah, he's... um. A lot bigger than Optimus. Uh, he's about the same height as Galvatron, I believe. Um, he's pretty impressive. And I do not own one yet, but uh, that's the one G2 piece I might actually consider tracking down at some point. Two words. Yellow Devastator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yellow Devastator, Blue Grimlock. Um, <laughs> I think there was a green Grimlock, too, I think. Optimus uh, with the black trailer with the stripe down that had Optimus written on the side of it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in order to be conspicuous, he had to like plaster his name across the side of him, you know. Yeah, and if that wasn't enough, there was a little love electronic pack that clipped onto it, and when you hit the buttons, he said, "I am Optimus Prime." <laughs> so you know who he was. Yeah, but we were ready for more Transformers by that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that that was around what ninety one, I think, or ninety two. I think I believe ninety two. Yeah. Um, because of course that was still long before the internet came along and DVD and things like that. I mean, if if you wanted to watch Transformers, you either had to have a tape recorded from back then or, you know, fork over the cash for the, you know, the one or two episodes at a time that they would release on videotape. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually a video store in the city where I live here, Butler, PA, that has the old Transformer VHSs in the big boxes mm-hmm. still for rent. I don't know how much longer the place will be open. I mean, we've heard all these rumors, but it's really cool to walk in there because they still have NES games and they have those and it's like a time warp. Geez, those cassettes actually still work? <laughs> um, uh, probably. I mean, they might uh, crud up your VCR, but because um, <laughs> they really tend not to age too well. But um, uh, the older VHS tapes, I think, do play fairly well because they were made of a little higher quality material. But um, I haven't rented any of them to try. Um, and if I could, if they start selling off the place and they have them for dirt cheap, it's going to be hard for me to pass them up because the box art was so sweet. But um. I don't know where I'm going to store them if I do buy them. That's uh, the eternal problem I have with collecting cool junk like that, you know? Yeah, it looks like the main difference between the Generation 2s was that the cartoon was just the rehash of the old cartoon, but the the toy line and the comic series uh, was more uh, original stuff. Because I do remember, 
I think G.I. Joe in the comics was still running at the time. Yep. And they used that to retransition in Transformers. Uh huh. I know I, I think my G.I. Joe collection goes up to about issue 60, I think 60 or so. Whenever, whenever they had the reborn Cobra Commander that had the, the, uh, round thing that would just jump up and down, like didn't have much in the way of weapons. It was just like a round bubble that he'd just hop around in. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was about the time I was like, okay, yeah, this is just getting kind of lame here. But, <laughs> and, the, and then lo and behold, I'm at my local comic store years later and I see GI Joe like hundred and something and flips through the, you know, and it's like, oh, Megatron's back. Mm-hmm. They're, they're bringing back Transformers. Okay. So I guess neither one of us have, uh, too many fond memories of generation two because it just really was kind of short-lived then right yeah and not yeah i was getting to the age where i um didn't where it was uh yeah i was getting interested in sports and a few other things and uh yeah it was just kind of a rehash it didn't really uh have enough um new substance to stand on its own i guess Mm -hmm. um yeah that kind of fizzled out and uh transformers actually was better off for it because of what came after i thought yeah and then the next kind of revival of transformers was beast wars beast machines beast wars yeah beast wars beast wars up beast machines down that's how i would describe it uh beast wars was fantastic i thought um beast machines was not so fantastic yeah yeah i I do recall them having a megatron that was actually competent you know his plans actually worked from time to time rather than (laughs) beaten at the end of every 22 minute episode yes (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a very effective. And yeah, that show was kind of unique because they didn't bring on every character that was made as a toy. They were, they, they only used about half of the ones that were produced as toys. And so they were able to develop their characters a little bit more mm-hmm. and, um, do more with them. And, um, it, I mean, the series even tied into G1. Yeah. That, that was actually where I was going with it was, it actually was in continuity because it took place in the future or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, it took place like, in Earth's past. And yeah, they ended up finding, um, the Ark, you know, the Autobot ship that had crashed. And um, that was the um, cliffhanger to, I think, the end of season two when Megatron found the Ark and uh, blew Optimus Prime's head off and created a time storm where the Autobots had lost the Great War and um, uh, the Maximals no longer existed. And so uh, Optimus had to hurry up and uh, pull Prime's spark out of his body so he didn't die and so they could repair the repair his body and mm-hmm. get everything back to normal. And it was, yeah, things like that. Like, yeah, Megatron... And Beast Wars got stuff done. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Beast Wars and Beast Machines, they, it was produced by Mainframe Entertainment, which is the same company that did uh, Reboot. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they, they are actually, Jared, they are based in Vancouver, British Columbia. So they are yes, Canadian. Indeed. So, uh, well, I guess they're known as Rainmaker now, but back then they were called Mainframe. So they'll always be Mainframe to me. Yeah. <laughs> I just went to look at something in, in my comics while you guys were talking, and I stumbled across a fantastic directory on my PC. And I'm really happy now that we're having this discussion. <laughs> Day, an Autobot shall rise from our ranks <laughs> and use the power of the Matrix to light our darkest hour. There's like literally a, literally a hundred sound clips in this directory. This is awesome. Didn't even know I had it. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I wore out the audio tape and later CD of the soundtrack because just because it actually was a pretty cool soundtrack. Yeah, very good work by Vince DiCola, who also did Rocky Four for you. And you had songs by uh, Stan Bush, who, yeah, he he's probably most known for the touch. He also did songs for uh, uh, Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. And, um, oh, boy, 
Uh, there's another, and it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. It. There, there is a fun edit. Well, it's not an edit. There's a fun version of the song Dare, and you, I think you could probably put it together with the version in the uh, soundtrack and put it together with the song I believe Escape, which is uh, you know one of the Vince Cola tunes for background for battles. But it has the same beat and same key as Dare. So it kind of yeah. goes together to make like a big instrumental. And there's a version out there that was done at one of the botcons Stan Bush performed uh, with Vince DiCola. And they, they do that. He does he does Dare. And then there's like a nice two or three minute jam that's Escape. And then he goes back into Dare. It was, and it even ends on a uh, kind of slow, dramatic thing. It's, you know, kind of kind of actually quite emotional. Yeah. But, and that's that's just the greatness of Stan Bush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another similarity that um, comes to mind when you talk about Vince DiColo is um, if you compare Unicron's theme to Ivan Drago's theme, <laughs> um, it's pretty much um, pretty much identical. Um, I may have them on my PC here, but um, it would take me a little while to dig them up. And uh, uh, they're both on YouTube, I believe. So, yeah, one non-Transformers thing about the uh, soundtrack is the band on there that was credited as Spectre General. They did uh, in the Instruments of Destruction and Hunger. That was not the band's real name. The, the band yes. still exists to this day. Their real name was Kick Axe. Yep. But they couldn't really market a, a soundtrack to kids that had a band called Kick Axe on it. So they just decided yeah. to call Spectre General, which actually I thought was kind of a cool name in its own right. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's a piece of name. Yeah. The other band, the band that did the Transformers theme for the movie was called Lion. Yeah. And they did a song for one of the Friday the 13th movies for the final chapter, which was part four that had Corey Feldman and Crispin Glover in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a song. Um, there's a scene with Crispin Glover's character uh, dancing at a party and he puts on a song by Lion and starts uh, spazzing out. And um, it's one of the more memorable scenes in the film. And um, it's kind of a neat, kind of neat that they, uh, there's a little connection between Friday the 13th and Transformers there because of that music. What year was Friday the 13th's four? Was it, would that, would that have been the same year or? Uh, it was a couple years before. It was 1984, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say, if they came out the same year, boy, they would have had a, a nice, uh, double shot two punch for their, the concerts they do. Cause it's like, wow, <laughs> some other Transformers and that Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. And then of course there was the other, uh, pop metal band, White Lion. All they had to do was add White yeah. name and they had a, a big hit song. So yeah. Yeah. I bet there was a little, I don't know. I don't know how big lion got compared to white lion, but uh, you have to wonder if there was a little rivalry there. Yeah. They stole our name, man. But I believe after beast wars, beast machines, that's kind of where they really only lived in comics for a while with the dream wave and IDW comic series. And I believe it was the, uh, I used to get them confused, the IDW and the dream wave, but they, there was ones that really had some good artwork. And I want to say it was the dream wave. Uh, and, um, I don't really have all, so I didn't really get, get a gist of how good the story and the writing was, but it seemed to be kind of like when they were redoing G.I. Joe at the time, too. It was a continuation of G1 and not not just a, a reboot. And I think that was the one, I think Crazy Dan or Doc Savage now would post it from time to time, but it has Optimus Prime by himself taking down Devastator. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is still just one of the, all you need is the touch playing, you know, it's, it's believable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, if the, if the touch is playing, Optus Prime is invincible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. When, when the song's over, you wind on that tape, you know, and he'll, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So they had some really nice, uh, 
artwork in those books. And yeah, that was when the 80s nostalgia started to really boom, I think. Because I think the 80s, the 80s kids just grew up and started getting jobs. So they started yeah. recycling the 80s stuff. Uh-huh. And yeah, they did have Transformers animated series going at the time. There was Transformers Robots in Disguise, which was the Japanese Transformers car robots dubbed in, which was where you had uh, Optimus Prime and Ultra Magnus as kind of rivals and they could combine into one giant robot. And, um, oh, and, and, and they had the annoying kids that are in every Japanese animated series, right? Yeah. Which is, um, reason to stay away from them for some fans. Yeah. Cause it, this is bringing back memories now. Cause I believe I was working retail at the time and, uh, it must have been on a Saturday cause that, that show was on and Optimus Prime was battling. I think he was just called Sharkticon. Uh huh. And it was underwater and in, in true Japanese animated style. Sharkticon is in his shark form and he basically spears Optimus Prime. And as he's spearing him and pushing him up against a coral reef or a, uh, an ocean wall, he goes, ha ha, Optimus Prime, you can never defeat me. I'm the king of underwater combat. He <laughs> like, goes through that whole practical soliloquy of bragging about himself. You, you think he just, Optimus Prime would all, had all the time in the world just to smack him away. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that kind of, um, I mean, you know, people, it, it, I mean, that series isn't real memorable today, but, um, I mean, some people greeted it with open arms because these machines had been kind of crummy and, uh, the, uh, truck nut monkey mm-hmm. fan base was starting to get a little bit louder, a little more vocal that they wanted their old transformers back. And, uh, so we got that. And then we had the, uh, Armada, uh, Energon Cybertron trilogy. I don't remember what order they went in. I only followed it very loosely. Was that, was that the Unicron trilogy or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and which, which I think maybe the most notable, uh, thing that gave us was an actual Unicron action figure, which I have stashed in my closet as well here. And, yeah. uh, it's a thing of beauty even to this day. And it matches the movie fairly well. I mean, even though it was made after the, uh, animated series, I mean, it looks pretty darn good. They didn't really change his, um, character design all that much. And he's got articulated fingers so you can make him do all kind of ridiculous things you want. Boy, that that would have been fun at eight years old because you know what you could do with opposable uh, individual fingers. Uh, <laughs> just have your robots flip the finger to everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a temptation I could not resist. <laughs> Although more often than not, he was given the metal horns. Yeah. You know, so it was like Dio Unicron. Well, did, did the thumb work too? Um, It went side to side. It didn't really turn, so it couldn't really do a proper um metal horns. I don't know. It was maybe more like uh, Stan Hansen's version. <laughs> Well, which is all right. Yeah, well, I was just thinking if he if he could do a thumbs up. Um, not quite. Um, well, it's it's yeah, because it doesn't quite have the one um joint to make it point upward. Um, see, it's it's kind of crude. Yeah, but uh, he's uh still a heck of a toy, and he's kind of the butt to transform. I will say. Yeah, I would imagine he'd, he'd probably have to take time out for lunch to transform a Unicron figure. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's like. It's not difficult in concept because you're just kind of wrapping his legs up around him and, you know, putting his arms in and uh, uh, turning the head down and uh, kind of rolling him up in a ball. But to get everything in place precisely so it clicks into place and you can actually proceed to the next step, that can be um, a little challenging. So, Jared, I know we've been kind of jabbering for a bit. Do you, do you have any memories, as, at least as far as any of the animated series you're talking about? Um, I I like the, uh, you know, the, the Unicron trilogy. I was really happy to see him back as... Like I said, I like the the big bad mofos, and he was the biggest baddest mofo there was. So that was kind of cool. Um, I really liked actually the the Transformers animated 
that mm-hmm. I mentioned before. Yes. Plus one of the better, if not the best. I, I would put Transformers Prime up against it. Yeah, that, that was good. But where I was going to go next was was Prime. Yeah. But I, two of my favorite toys actually are the Optimus Prime from Animated and Megatron from Animated. They're they just look so good. They look almost like they're animated on my shelf. Like they're they're so true to the the TV version that they they look really good. They are quite good. Because yeah, I remember the hype for Transformers Prime. Because I remember it it it, it, uh, it was probably just one of those intentional leaks, but it got out there that Peter Cullen and Frank Welker were recording lines uh, opposite each other. So of course all the fanboys are going to be like, okay, well who's who are, who do you think of? Do you think Peter Cullen talking to uh, uh, Frank Welker? You know, it's over, Prime. You know? And and of course it, that came to be. Peter Cullen was back as Optimus, and uh, Frank Welker was back as. Uh, Megatron and The Rock was Cliff Chopper for one whole episode. Yeah. Or not probably not even that. It was more like two minutes. The start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, and th- this is almost downright mean in a way, but, uh, a, uh, uh, my brother was, uh, dating a gal at the time and she's just this huge rock fan, just, just loves The Rock and this and that. So I sat down and started watching Transformers Prime. And of course she recognized The Rock's voice and, you know, and then he dies shortly after. And, you know, I, I just kind of got a chuckle out of that. It was, I think that's the only rock role that I can think of where he dies. I don't know if he dies in any of his movie. Well, he obviously dies in uh, Scorpion, Scorpion King. King. Yeah. But uh, uh, other than that, I think that's really the only role I can think of where he, where he dies. Yeah. Yeah. He seems to stay alive. Um, uh, I don't know why that is, I guess, because he's usually uh, usually a little leading man material, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess the the final subject we'll get into, and this may be a touchy subject, but that being the recent live action movies, because <laughs> I, I will say this, I remember liking the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, because I accepted it for what it was, it was a retelling of Transformers as they were done now. You know, I, I, there, it would be foolish of me to expect them to have Blue Streak change into a 1978 dot. You know, that, that uh-huh. was silly. Uh, I, I do. Or I always will have the soft spot in my heart for the red, flat-nosed, cabal-repeat uh, uh, Optimus Prime. That'll always be Optimus Prime to me. But, you know, they, they don't make movies for us old geezers. They make movies for, for the kids. And uh, yeah, so, like I said, the first one I, I, I thought was all right. And uh, the second one was kind of downhill. And to this day, I haven't seen a third one. And I just kind of relied on Jarrett's uh, retelling of it. Because I know he liked uh, – I know, I know you liked the third one, right, Jarrett? Yeah, the third one was pretty badass. And, and of course, it has Leonard Nimoy in it. So if you if you ever get a Sentinel Prime action figure and stand it next to Galvatron, you know, you can have a Nimoy versus Nimoy. Uh, yeah. I do have a Sentinel Prime over here in uh, my son's toy box. I would have to dig it out, but it is there. And I could put it next to Galvatron. He'll come up to about his knee. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the um, first Transformers movie uh, pretty much for the same reasons you said. Uh, the second one, I think, well, the excuse they gave was that it was affected by the uh, Writers Guild strike, but um, uh, take that for what it's worth because it was uh, pretty rough, I thought. But uh, uh, um, yeah. the third one, I thought, was a um, definite improvement. Um, I loved all the references to the G1 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, funny thing is, <laughs> true story, my uncle just restored a yellow uh, Camaro. I forget what year it's from. I believe it was um, late 60s, early 70s, though. <laughs> and so... Um, huh. I don't know if it'll get any movie extra work if they do any following in Pittsburgh, but uh, you never know. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, I will say that was 
the only the main gripe I have about the Transformers movies is that um they changed the characters from what they were originally um known as like um I mean making sideswipe silver instead of red for no apparent reason I mean you you've made it hard to recognize who these characters were that they were bringing in mm-hmm. um and the I mean, reason for that it's the same reason why Optimus Prime was a mix of blue and red apparently red is next to impossible to do properly in CGI oh really yeah that's why we got the the blue on or the overwhelming blue on on Prime's cab was you know, I remember Michael basing that in an interview that uh, that gloss red is is just so hard to do that they tried not to do it as much as possible. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the alternative? Practical special effects with giant models? You know, we, <laughs> yeah. We know that might actually be cooler to watch, I would think. But uh, what do I know? I'm an '80s B movie buff, so I mean, I I would have loved to have seen practical, more practical effects in it, but uh, I don't know how the budget would go, and I don't I don't know Hollywood seems to poo poo that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Hollywood does seem to have their own way uh, of uh, butchering things. It's uh, I'm just happy at, at least we got one good franchise that Hollywood didn't seem to mess up too much with a lot of the Marvel, uh, uh, a lot of recent Marvel films. But uh, uh, any any uh, closing comments about Transformers before we wrap this up here? Uh, I, mean, I mentioned Transformers Animated was awesome. <laughs> yes, I did, and how I bought the um, I got a good deal on uh, darn near every character except Weird Al. Um, and so I bought most of them and my son played with them like crazy. And, um, I still have the parts for most of them, but, um, they're made to come apart, which is very nice. Um, the, as far as playability, they have it all over my originals. I mean, the old ones would just break. These ones will pop apart and you can put them back together, uh, which is very nice. But, um, I don't know if I ever quite got over animated being canceled ahead of its time because they, I believe they had a fourth season, um, planned out and uh, it would have been interesting to see what they did but i'll probably always be a transformers fan to some degree jared any closing thoughts um just really to say like probably the coolest i think franchise the right word i guess but just like i we said at the top of the show that you had these you know the whole storyline you had these robots that showed up with a great backstory from cybertron that turned into into vehicles that whole concept just absolutely blew my mind as a kid and um you know it stayed with me you know oh, i'm a geek at heart but you know, it's i'm 38 now and i'm still a transformers freak so you know i've got i'm gonna guess probably close to 600 toys i'm guessing in there somewhere so yeah no, you got me beat <laughs> um no this is one of those things that you know that stayed with me and was was really cool and i'm probably going to uh enjoy and remember fondly until i until i coke so very, very cool on the Transformers boys. Thank you. And here we are back in the modern day in the year of our Lord, 2023, getting ready for day 17 of national podcast post month. We're in the second half of the month, a little more than a dozen episodes to go. Hope you folks are enjoying this anthology format. This has been Geekville radio. We can be found at geekvilleradio.com. The social media is Geekville Radio on Facebook, on X slash Twitter, as well as on Instagram. And you can subscribe at Geekville Radio. You can also do a search for us on the podcast platform of your choosing. We're all over Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I think we're still on Stitcher if you if you still use that. iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you can get podcast you can find geekville radio just do a search and you'll find 
all of our plethora of shows for your listening enjoyment. Let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what we can improve on. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a review. I always like hearing feedback, especially when it's genuine. So we're going to be back tomorrow with another edition of our Geekful Radio Anthology. And we'll talk to you folks again tomorrow. Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any products or services unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the hosts and or guests do not reflect the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, the Wrestling Brethren podcast, family, or any of their affiliates. Some media used in Geekville Radio is the product of their respective copyright holders, all rights reserved. Yeah, and that's the thing about the comic, the circuit breaker. I mean, I can't help but think that that was some geek fetish idea, a woman dressed only in uh, mechanical circuits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.